BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast. Part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and it is Sunday, it's March 28th, and we have just debuted the episode of The Walking Dead titled Diverged. It's episode 1021, and it's the penultimate episode of the six bonus episodes that uh, fans were presented with. And, um, you know, for some of us, uh, for some fans, they were able to tune in on AMC Plus. So they've they've had the episode uh, for a couple of days now. And for others, they're just seeing it for the first time tonight. So, um, you know, if you've stayed away from reviews and spoilers, you might not have seen some of the discussions that were going along over the course of the week. Um, so we're just going to kind of break it down. It, it's going to be an interesting podcast because I, I don't want it to go too long, but I do feel like there's a lot of stuff we need to talk about with the episode and how it kind of fits in the larger Walking Dead universe. And, you know, so there's, there's a couple of things to talk about this week. Um, first things first. Uh, I did want to acknowledge that, uh, interestingly enough, AMC didn't offer any interviews this week with cast members. And this also happened with episode 1018. Um, for some reason, Norman Reedus and uh, Melissa McBride did not do press uh, with with general um, media this week or with for that episode. And part of me, yeah, I have some thoughts on it. I do wonder if it was intentional, if it was just a scheduling thing, because I know that, that, you know, they're back filming um, I have to, I, I have to wonder what the role of social media response has been and how that might tie into this. Um, I have so much respect for, for Norman and Melissa and, and, you know, they're, they're the original cast members that are, are still going all these years later and they're, they're always so generous with their time. And, and I've, I've interviewed both of them, um, several times at this point and, you know, it's interesting that they they didn't do press. I don't want to draw any conclusions, but, you know, I know that they're reading things and I know that they see things on social media and, and the response for Find Me wasn't uh, entirely positive and the response for Diverged was was interesting. You know, among reviewers, it was it was largely panned, um, not by me, but 
by other reviewers. Um, I admit that I was a little puzzled by Find Me, but it, you know, I, I didn't understand at that point where these bonus episodes were going to tie into, or you know, how they worked within the the larger universe. And I have a better sense of that now. Um, it was a great episode. It was a well-written episode. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was it was a good episode. Um, I know it was it was very divisive among fans, shippers especially. Um, and since I'm not a shipper, I can't really speak to that. But I, I do know that that was something that was you know causing a lot of tension. So I don't I don't know if those things tie into why we weren't given uh, interviews this week. But you know it it could definitely play into that. Um, so we don't have any interviews this week is kind of the bottom line. Um, I did promise uh, people who had, had listened to the preview of the episode that I wanted to, you know, really get into it and discuss the episode. And, um, but kind of before we do that, you know, I did want to kind of circle back and talk about some of this, you know, the, the social media response of the episode and what people might've been seeing across social media this week. And, um, you know, the role of, of people who get screeners, it, it varies by outlet, right? So, um, you know, generally speaking, the reason that people receive screeners for any show, not just Walking Dead, not just AMC shows, but just anything in general, is, is primarily twofold. The first reason is that it's to allow people, you know, the, the media, especially if you're an entertainment journalist, you're covering a lot of different shows and a different, you know, different genres and different, you know, a lot of stuff. So it's not always convenient to watch a show live and be able to cover it. So screeners are a way to give people the ability to have the time they need to watch an episode, write their content and get it ready for when it's able to, to be released. When it comes to Walking Dead, um, AMC has a policy that even though the episodes are available early on AMC+, Plus, we as screeners, anybody who receives a screener, uh, is not able to talk about specifics of the episode until after it airs on the, West, on the East Coast. So that's why you never see anything from Undead Walking, from me, from other screeners. Um, you're not supposed to see anything until after it airs on the East Coast on Sundays. So even with AMC Plus, you know, you're, you're still getting all of your content on, on Sundays when the show airs. The other reason is that uh, screeners allow for interviews to be done in advance because, you know, as we all know, the news cycle moves pretty darn quick these days. So after an episode airs, there's a small window of time when people want to go back and rehash the episode before looking ahead to the next episode. And so in this case, you know, they release the screeners, you watch it, and then you're presented with the opportunity to do interviews. So then that way you can have questions ready and you're not going into it blindly. Um, I can tell you from experience that it is not easy. I, I have done interviews where you're not given the, the material. Better yet, and a great example to give you is when I've gone on set visits. They give you a very small picture of what's been happening. But imagine doing an interview with, say, the Fear of the Walking Dead cast, where they're already shooting five, six, seven, eight, nine episodes in advance in the seasons. They've already been filming several episodes. And then we're coming in as, as the media with no idea what the season's about, no idea, idea what's happening. 
and the cast can't tell you anything either. So you're stuck trying to, to come up with general questions that really don't have any substance because no one knows what to ask. And then the cast isn't able to respond to specifics. And so it kind of becomes this monumental cluster and, uh, it's, but it's fun. It's still, it's not, you know, that's not a complaint on my part. It just, it's a challenge to ask questions and, and, you know, it's, it's about character development and it's about, you know, how do you see your character going into the season or whatever. So when you want to have a really good interview, you provide the episode or the movie in advance, and then you let the interviewer ask the questions of the episode with the contingency that it is only to be used after the episode or after the movie premieres. So that's why we do them. I've seen a lot of people on social media and, and I don't want to, you know, I, I totally, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, how devoted and passionate the fandom is. And I've seen a lot of people say, you know, well, so-and-so should have screeners. They're such a, a positive voice. And, you know, and, and, and it's true, like you do want positive voices, but the, the idea is not to so much promote the show as to provide reactions, you know, and, and, and to provide previews. And so it, sometimes those previews aren't what you want them to be. But the key, and, and this is something that, that I feel very strongly about because I have, I don't know if I, if, if I had to describe my journalistic tendencies, I would say I'm more of a Clark Kent than a Lois Lane. I don't like sensationalized things. I'm not looking to get, you know, attention or praise. I'm just looking to do a really good job and to tell a truthful and honest story that is full of integrity that, you know, integrity is very important to me. So if I don't like something, I'm going to tell you that I don't like something. But it's going to be objective. It's not going to be, well, I don't like that character, therefore I don't like the episode. It's not going to be, I hated the episode, but I'm not going to give you specifics as to why. Um, you know, so the, the idea is that we're not we're not meant to hype episodes so much as we're just supposed to to present information about them. A good review is a review that tells you, or a preview even, gives you as the viewer the information you need to decide if you want to watch an episode or not from an objective standpoint. It's really hard to do. And, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm a really good example of, of how it's done. I'm just saying that's what, that's what people should strive to do when you're given the opportunity. You shouldn't, it should never be, you know, don't watch this episode or you're going to hate this episode or you're going to love this episode. It should be, I loved this episode. I think you will like it too. Or I hated this episode. I'm curious to hear what you think. But it should not be so pointed as to direct people one way or the other. And that's why, you know, just from a personal standpoint, I have a lot of trouble with things like Rotten Tomatoes, which are, you know, review aggregators that give you a percentage. Well, you know, 79% of people liked it or, you know, 80% didn't. Well, like anything in life, you know, a lot of times the people who leave, uh, especially the, the, the audience scores on, on things like that with Google and, and Yahoo and, you know, these things that, that aggregate reviews, um, you know, the, the challenge is, is that 
people are usually wildly passionate one way or the other. And it's not to say that that's a bad thing, but we all know that people tend to complain more than they ever praise. And so like I used to, when I worked in college athletics, I used to tell my student athletes all the time, don't trust rate my professor because there aren't many people who are going to log in and give a positive review of a professor. It's, it's usually, you know, a pretty, pretty strong majority of people who are really ticked off about something. Those are the people who are going in there because they want to, they have a grind, an ax to grind, and they really want to get their two bits in uh, because they weren't happy with an experience with a professor. So, you know, so the point here is that you have to take everything as a whole, but you have to ultimately make your own decision about it. And, um, you know, so I, I hope that, you know, the work that I do, like, I want to give you information and say, hey, this is what I felt. Now I'm curious to see what you think. That's, that should be, that should always be the goal. And um, so I feel like there, there should be a lot of you out there who may have heard, you know, oh, this episode is terrible. This episode of The Walking Dead is really bad. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It's hard because you do worry that people will take that to heart. What I noticed this week, as soon as AMC Plus was available, um, what I noticed is that a lot of people who went into the, into watching the episode thinking they were going to hate it, ended up liking it. Um, you know, it, it, do I acknowledge that Diverged was a slower paced episode? Absolutely. Was it, you know, the best episode of The Walking Dead ever? No. Was it the worst? Not by a long shot. Was it necessary in 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 furthering the story and furthering char- uh, character development? Absolutely. And that's where I just really enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, we all watch The Walking Dead for different things. And for some of us, it's, you know, it's the story. They want to, we've been following this group of people as they've navigated the complexities of life within the zombie apocalypse. And they are, um, you know, they're, they're trying to find their way. That's, that's one of the reasons I watch the show. For some people who are fans of the horror genre and, and, and zombies in particular, they want to see what Greg Nicotero comes up with next. They want to see the, the gore and they want to see the walkers. They want to see the, the makeup and the walker kills. And, you know, what's the, I mean, look, look at what happened in one more with, uh, with Aaron and, and Father Gabriel. I mean, walker hands sliding off the walker because this walker is so puffy and, and swollen and skin just comes right off. And, and it's like having gloves, walker gloves. I mean, it's creative. You know, some people really get into that, into that aspect of it. And that's what they want to watch. I'm not even going to lie with you. Like some of the most popular articles that we write on undead walking are tied to the keyword. If you look at the search terms, they are tied to who dies in The Walking Dead? For some people, that's all they care about because Walking Dead has kind of set a, a, a precedent for show for a show that that kills off characters fairly regularly. So, for some people, every episode they want to know who died, and that's why Talking Dead has a whole in memoriam segment so that it it can honor the people who have fallen in the episode. So there's a lot of reasons that people watch. One of the reasons 
They want the love stories. They want the, the human stories, not just love stories. They want to see the, the family aspect. They want to see the human interactions. They want to see the tension. They want to see the drama. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of where, where shippers fall into this. And so I think ahead of, of Diverged, when fans saw a second episode featuring Carol and Daryl, I think that there was, you know, there was excitement and then there was also concern because nobody, you know, none of the other episodes feature the same group of people twice. I mean, there's six episodes and then there's, you know, it, what's this episode is after seeing Find Me that what's this episode really going to be about? And, um, you know, what can it possibly be about after that? And is it really just going to be a continuation of this argument that, that stemmed out of Find Me? And, and um, so, you know, and it, personally, I think that the, the episode description did a really poor job of promoting the episode because this episode is 100% about Carol. This is Melissa McBride. This is Melissa McBride showing us a side of Carol that we don't really get to see. And it's something that I think is, is needed in this Walking Dead universe because there's no way that people are able to process so much grief and so much trauma and so many major life occurrences in the span of such a short period of time. And Carol's a character who has been through so much. This is what she needed to do at this point, that, that the argument, if you will, it's not really an argument, but the, the very strong conversation she had with, um, with Daryl at the end of Find Me, I think, pushed her to a point where she has to, to sit back and, and really deal with a lot of the stuff that's on her plate, because a lot has happened. And we tend to forget, you know, coming, kind of coming back to the timeline, it hasn't been that long since she lost Henry and it hasn't been long since they fought the whisperers. And so there's still a lot of very fresh trauma in everybody's lives and it's still happening. And for Carol, it's just a matter of needing to sit back and, and really come to grips with everything that's been happening. And so that's, you know, yes, it is a slow episode, but at the same time, I think anybody who describes it as, you know, a soup and mouse episode, I mean, there's so much more to it. And that's, you know, that's really what I wanted to get into today. And, um, you know, for me personally, I, I, again, you guys know me, I'm, I'm always very transparent about everything, but, um, I will tell you this much. I, I saw so much of, of myself and Carol this week and incidentally, and I'll be getting into this in the next episode of the podcast, but, um, you might've seen me talk about it on Twitter a little bit, but. I think that 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 diverged and here's Negan pair beautifully together because they both deal with common uh, with common themes of of loss and grief and what you're like how you respond to that. Um, so I'm really excited to talk about those two things. But you know, I I can't tell you in all honesty that if I had seen this episode a few months ago, if I would have had the same visceral reaction to it that I had this week. Um, as many of you know, I'm, I lost my mom back in December and, um, this was a battle. If, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, that I've been, I've been fighting this battle with my mom, um, with her cancer and, and getting her proper treatment and dealing with all of the, the complications. Um, you know, it's been going on for God, she was diagnosed in June of 2019. So kind of like Carol, 
when you're dealing with something that goes on for a long period of time and it's something that that kind of supersedes everything in your life when you get to a point where you're like at your breaking point everything starts to fall apart your interactions with people become hit or miss sometimes you can explain yourself i mean this is something that i've i've dealt with myself where you say something and, and you're like well that doesn't really that that wasn't what i meant to say but it, it came out so horribly wrong but you can't control it like in your mind um you know i i will i will tell you this much i recorded a podcast the last podcast i recorded before she passed away i went back and listened to and i was such a mess like I didn't know she was going to pass away, but I could hear in my own voice that I was at this point where I had nothing left. I was at the end without knowing that that was going to be the end, but I was already at this breaking point. So, you know, in looking at Carol, you know, one of the the criticisms that I saw uh, of the episode is the dialogue was, was weird. When you're going through a lot of stress, your dialogue, like you don't make a lot of sense. Like you're trying to make sense of your life and, it, and it's really hard to even have people around and, and to have coherent conversations, you know, and you put a smile on your face and you make little jokes, but you're really just hiding the pain that you have inside of you. So, you know, when Carol plasters a smile on your face, on her face, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it's, 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 the smile in this episode is so tragic because it's not a real smile. It's just a, I'm putting the smile on my face for you. It's not for me. It's for you so that you think I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And, you know, the, the desire that she has to be useful, to have a purpose again. Um, and again, I, I don't want to say again as if she didn't have a purpose before. It's when you're in the middle of this, this, this grief process you you want to do things that you can kind of you want to check off boxes you want to be able to say okay well i fixed this i did this i accomplished this because everything else is spiraling out of control so you have to have something and um you know so so when i saw her make the mouse trap i was just absolutely captivated because that look of accomplishment on her face was so beautiful and you know, watching, watching Carol just feel, you know, like, Hey, I accomplished something. Yeah. In the end, it didn't quite work out the way she planned. But for that moment, when she came up with a mechanism to make this mouse trap, it was like, it worked. I did something, you know, like her, her, the driving force wasn't so much making soup. It was making soup for the people around her because they were hungry. They needed soup. So that was something that she can do is as the as somebody who cooks for the community or who has cooked for the community. It's something that she could do. So in all of these interactions, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing so many things on Twitter. I, I had seen so many things going into the episode, um, you know, from other reviewers saying, oh, it's, you know, I don't understand this. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. There's something about it that just resonated so completely with me. And, you know, I don't always, you know, I, I'm not, um, I, I love Melissa McBride. I love the character of Carol. I don't, you know, I don't really have a favorite character on the show because I'm a fan of the show. And I know that's weird, but, you know, I try to, to kind of stay objective. I mean, I, I absolutely adore Michonne and I love Rick and I love, I mean, I love all the characters. So it's not like I have a favorite who stands out. 
but I've never been struck so so deeply by a performance because you know like uh, Adam and I had talked a little bit in in the last podcast and we were talking about the you know, things we relate to and and you can't really relate to the walking dead in a lot of a lot of practical ways because you know we're not out here killing people like we don't you know I mean I I hope you haven't killed anybody um I certainly haven't and I don't <laughs> I don't plan to anytime soon but uh, you know, there there are only so many things that you can relate to in the Walking Dead universe. A lot of them are are more thematic, and you know, dealing with with challenging people and dealing with um, impossible situations. These are things. These are the things that we can relate to that are are being shown uh, metaphorically through the lens of a zombie apocalypse. It's not about uh, you know, it's not about uh, as actually being in a zombie apocalypse. But with this episode, I mean, I really, I really have to say that it was just such a beautiful depiction of what it's like to deal with complex emotions and to have that onslaught of grief and exhaustion and trauma and all of those things come to a head. And, you know, and, and, and obviously we have to, to acknowledge that she is upset about what happened with Daryl and she is upset that he's not there and you know whether or not you believe that they're meant to be together or they're soulmates or they're they're best friends it it doesn't really matter it's just she misses Daryl in whatever capacity that is she does miss him and she misses that he's there and you know it's not that it's also not that her existence is based around Daryl. I think that's an important distinction. A lot of people say, you know, that that Carol should not be defined by anybody but Carol. And I think that this episode really shows that, that, you know, she's out here doing the things that Carol is known for. The mousetrap is a, is a metaphor for all of the times that she swooped in and saved everybody's butts. I mean, Terminus and um, you know, fighting the wolves and, and just these, these ways that she is just found ways to to come in and save the day the met the mousetrap is a metaphor for that because that's what carol does and she is a badass and she is so good at it um the soup is is the the mothering instinct in her to you know to care for people because even though she is this badass she still has that side to her that that we met in the beginning and you know her relationship with ed aside you know she was sophia's mom like that was that was her, def- that's what defined her is, is being a mother. And we saw her throughout the series be a mother to several figures. And, you know, and she's, she's been someone who's lost her, her kids and lost people she's loved. And, um, you know, so the, the soup is an extension of that. These are metaphors. These are not, they're, they're devices that the writers are using to show that Carol is slowly trying to build herself out of this this chasm of darkness that that she's found herself in, and I, I think it's a brilliant episode. I really do. And um, you know, again, we all watch The Walking Dead for different reasons, and these bonus episodes are designed to tell stories that don't really fit in the larger universe. I mean, I I I, I won't lie, I would have been really ticked off if this had aired during a normal season 
knowing that we only ever get 16 episodes per season, but knowing that these weren't, these are bonus episodes, I'm really grateful for it. And I'm grateful to the cast and to the crew for coming together and being available for these and taking the risk of filming during the pandemic and putting in the time and, and traveling. Um, you know, we saw, I, I remember on social media that Norman Reedus had posted that he was traveling to, uh, you know, to Georgia to, to be able to film these episodes. And, and um, so we do have to kind of acknowledge that too. You know, these episodes are outside of the normal, what we would normally see in a season and they are character driven. And Scott M. Gimple hinted at that when he said that they're more intimate than any of the other episodes we might've seen before. And so in, in that vein, when viewed that way, it's the perfect episode to be airing in the middle of all of this. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys about how this episode, you know, in, in dealing with grief, how this episode ties so well to next week's uh, kind of finale episode with Here's Negan, which is an episode that I had been looking forward to. I have not read the Negan comic. Um, I didn't know much of his backstory. And um, from what I understand, there are some very important differences between the stories. So I think that's going to be really good for, for both comic book fans and for fans of the show. Um, you know, again, I, I do wanted to just kind of put this out into the world that, you know, that I know that, that Negan is a very divisive character himself. And he's done a lot of horrible, horrible things that should never be forgotten. But... I think that this episode really paints a picture of where all of these things came from, why they happened, and to be perfectly honest with you again, because that's that's what I want to always do with, with you guys, is, uh, you know, after this whole situation with my mom, I've related, you know, not only did I relate to Carol in this in Diverged, but I related to Negan in a way that I never thought possible. And it's weird. It's weird to say that because I, I don't, you know, I feel like saying I relate to Alpha and I really question, you know, but there's, there's, when you see this story, I think, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. If you've, if you followed my story, then you'll know what I'm talking about when, when you see this, this episode. Um, but we'll definitely be talking about that next week. Now, just uh, by way of wrapping all of this up, I, I thank you for, if you've listened to this point, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to listen to the podcast and appreciate your support and remind you, you know, make sure you subscribe so that you get all of the new episodes as they come out. Um, I will remind you, so next week is Easter. It is the uh, last of the bonus episodes. So we get to watch Diver or we get to watch, uh, here's Negan. If you're, it, that'll be available on April 1st on, on AMC plus, if you, uh, if you subscribe to AMC plus and then on also on April 4th. So that's when it will, it will air on AMC, but also on AM on April 4th, the first episode of, uh, the second half of fear, the walking dead will air. And that is, uh, it's actually episode 608, which was supposed to be the mid season finale. That's going to be airing on AMC plus on Easter Sunday. And I have seen the episode, uh, tomorrow, the, the, uh, embargo lifts. So I'll be able to talk more about these two episodes, but my God, uh, buckle up. It is going to be one hell of a ride in over on fear the walking dead. And I cannot wait to 
go on that journey with you. So um, lots of reasons to subscribe. If you have uh, any feedback for me or if you want to um, you know, propose, if you have any questions for the podcast, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock or over at Undead Walking FS on Twitter. And uh, as always, just thank you so much for, for listening and can't wait to check in with you again. And uh, just make, sh- make sure that in the next week, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's spring break. There's people going crazy all over and uh, lots of, of COVID-19 stuff happening. So if you're in a place where people are, are starting to take their masks off, just please stay safe. Please continue to wash your hands. And as always, watch out for those walkers. Thank you so much, everybody. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc